Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now here's a message from Pastor Paul Ogando. Go to two places, Isaiah 42 and Matthew chapter 12. We're not going to go anywhere else. I might mention a verse here and there, but those are um, kind of my focus. Isaiah 42 and um, Matthew chapter 12. And so we're going to be kind of working around that area tonight. And it's so interesting. I, we were laughing because Dr. Fred is here in the front row. You probably don't see him around. And he's been a staple of the church for many years. Was the administrative church and the Bible college and all kinds of stuff. Everything you see here, he touched it somehow uh, before COVID. Um, and, so, um, and so he is just an amazing man. But it's his birthday. And so we're celebrating him. And in staff, as we're celebrating, he rolls in. I mean, he rolls in. He's like 105 years old. And so he rolls in and does a backflip and some crazy flip. I'm like, what are you doing, man? And so we're all impressed and staff. And the reason why I say this is because what happened to me was so embarrassing. Here's his, he's like, I'm just letting the young guys know that the old guys can do it. I'm like, hey, don't say that. I'm embarrassed. I hurt my back in the dumbest way. Last week, I was trying to get something ready, and I was excited because I took some time off to fix some things around my house. And so I bent over because the dog was messing around around the tools, and I bent over, and I pulled my back. I thought to myself, this is so embarrassing. Like, it was the hardest. I, it was such a cruciating pain. I couldn't stand up. I'm in the yard. And so it's early in the morning. And no, I don't want to make a scene or embarrass myself. So literally, I'm walking into my house trying to call my wife like, Treasure, bring me the thing, right, to like put around my waist. And, and this guy flips over here, you know, with a, celebrating his 105th year. And so that's just wrong. Um, and so... You know, a lot of times when something like that happens, when you, when you go through a situation which seems dumb where you plan something and it just doesn't go the way you are, the way you want it to be, you have a feeling that everything is against you. But I'm here to tell you what God told me, and it's this, that he is for you, that he is for you. And, and a lot of times, yeah, come on, it's for God. He is for you. And, and it's so important that you know that because it sounds so cliche, but that moment I was so frustrated. I was frustrated because I had all these plans I needed to do, all these things I needed to accomplish, and yet I am hobbled by the dumbest thing. It was actually embarrassing. And Tracy was like, you know, my wife, she's so sweet. She's like, it's okay, but maybe the Lord wanted you to rest. I was like, no, he knew I needed to finish this, 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 and that, right? So I'm, I'm rolling my list. And, um, and all these things come at us. And I, and I want to tell you something. Why am I going this way? Because sometimes breaks, I, I, I've broken my arm, my finger, um, you know, I was a crazy kid when I was a teenager. And so, um, but bruises are deeper and take longer to heal. Bruises are deeper and take longer to heal. And I feel that a lot of people through the situations we're going through, you are bruised and battered and you do not know if God is on your side. But I want to let you know something. He is for you. And he is for you because it is a confession. It is a part of who he is as a savior, who he is as a servant of God. And in Isaiah 42, there is a prophecy about the servant of the Lord. It doesn't say Jesus. It, doesn't say, it just says the prophecy of the servant of the Lord. And one of the descriptions is amazing. Isaiah 42, 3 in the New Living Translation, 42, 3 says this in the New Living Translation. He will not crush the weakest reed. And if you don't know what to read, we'll go over in a minute. But, and then it says, and he would, um, or put out a flickering candle. And when you read that, it's amazing. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He, he, here's what he's doing. Jesus is not 
going to push you over. If you find yourself on a precipice today, if you, find, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. If you find yourself on a precipice and you're saying, Pastor, everything in my life is about to fall over. I want you to know something. Jesus is not the one pushing you. He is the bridge to the other side of your situation this very day. That's who Jesus is. He is the bridge to the other side of your situation. And, and, and a lot of people don't know that this is what he did. And, and it's so amazing because it's a bruised reed. I don't know if you ever had trees that sort of bent the leaf but doesn't quite break. It's a lot harder. If it's broken, then you remove it, and it might grow another stem. But when it's just a bruise, it takes a different care. And I've seen some uh, botanists work on this stuff. They'll fold it. They put a little plastic thing around it so that uh, moist will stay and eventually grow strong. But it takes a lot longer. And it says Jesus is not going to take that and snap it off. That's not who he is. He's neither going to look at a candle and just finish it out. Jesus is not looking at your life and going, you're done. That's not who he is. That's not what he wants to do in us. And when we live in a situation in our society the way we are today, we assume that God is not paying attention to me, but I want you to know that he is for you. He is for you. And unless we remind ourselves that he is for us, we're going to miss out on everything he's doing. And we go from there to Matthew chapter 12 where this all connects, because it's so amazing the way Jesus does it, the way the Word of God is written. Jesus is coming out of saying some profound words, and when he expresses those things, he then starts this process that we find in Matthew 12. Matthew 12, 1, and, and let me just give you the scene. It says that the disciples are walking. I have a picture. The disciples are walking through a field of wheat, because we don't have that so much in Southern California, um, and so this is just an idea of so you can get your picture when we read it, your mind, how they're going. So they're walking through a field of weed, and as they're going, they're grabbing some of it to eat. Okay, they're grabbing some of it to eat. And it's so crucial. It says, at this time, or at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields. So they're walking through the grains on the Sabbath. Can you say Sabbath? Sabbath. This is important. You can type it right there, Sabbath, if, you know. Saturday is fine, but you can type Sabbath. And it says, and his disciples were hungry. Can you say hungry? Can you type it out right there from online? Say, you type it, hungry. And they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. Can you say eat? Eat. Pastor, why are you making me say those words? I'm getting there. I want you to know something. Here's the description. Jesus and the disciples are rolling like a crew. Twelve guys rolling through a field. I should have cool music for that. I don't know. I of the Tiger is my favorite. So just play it in your head. And so they're walking in Rocky Balboa. And so on the Sabbath, they're not supposed to do work. And harvesting the field would have been work. And so they're walking through on a Sabbath, on a day that is not convenient, on a day that is set aside for something else. And the Bible says that they were grabbing that day because they were hungry and they will grab it and eat. I want you to know something. I want you to know something. Your need is not going to wait for a specific day. And a lot of times when we're in need, there's something the Lord wants to do in us. And this chapter 12 is so profound because everything we're going to read today happens on a Sabbath. On a day by the Jewish tradition set aside for the Lord, that the Lord said this is my day. And there were certain things they could do and certain things they couldn't do. And one of the things they couldn't do would be harvesting. But Jesus wants to bring a different understanding of why he is for you, even when things around you don't seem to work to help you. 
And it, and it is so amazing. Don't he go? So they grab it. And look what happens. Verse number two. And when the Pharisees saw it, there's always Pharisees looking. And it's so interesting because these are the day when they don't have video cameras. Because nowadays everything is on film. Yet the Pharisees were looking. Because when God is doing something in your life, people want to know how you're getting there. You're probably cheating. That's how you got there. Right? You guys are quiet tonight. Either you're thinking about it or you're thinking about what you're going to do after this is done. One of the two. Better be thinking about it. So it says, when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look what they said to him. Hey, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And that is a true statement. There is no, they are absolutely correct in what's going on. But I want you to see the goodness of Jesus and the goodness of God towards you and towards me, even when things around it don't line up the way you think they should. And here's the first thing I want you to have in your mind. He sees your needs above and beyond the norms. He sees your needs above and beyond the norms. And, and that is one thing that I love about the gospel that the gospel is not looking to supply to you based according how things work. Lord, I have a need, but the lending institutions don't work that way. Jesus is not looking for lending institutions to figure it out for you. you, you we, have to, we have to get our minds out of this. Lord, but you know what? But the doctor said Jesus is at work doing something, even if the doctor said, Lord, but you don't understand my relationship with this person is absolutely frayed and destroyed. It's okay. Jesus is doing something in your difficulty today. Because he's for you. So he sees your needs. Give it to him if you're going to give it. Let's give it to the Lord tonight. He sees your need above and beyond the norms. And when we understand this, that this has happened the Sabbath, Jesus goes on to say, he goes on to say in chapter 12, I didn't want to read the whole chapter, but it's very interesting. He goes on to say, oh, you guys are accusing my disciples. I love Jesus. He's defending his boys. And he's saying, hey, no, 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 no. I'm going to tell you how it is. Because the Pharisees knew the word of God. And he said, you've read it that David went into the temple and ate the bread that was sacrificed to the Lord. It was set aside for God, and David went, not being a high priest, went all the way in, grabbed the bread, ate the bread, and fed it to his men. It should have been automatic death, according to the Old Testament law. And God overlooked it. Because David was a different guy in here. And his need was profound. David didn't do it out of ignorance of the Lord. David didn't do it out of pride. David didn't do it thinking he was better than anybody. David had a need and went to the presence of God. And God said, it's okay, my son. It's okay. I see you and you, what you need right now above the norms and the things that are happening. And we need to learn to go to God with our needs, even when the norms in the situation do not line up the way you think they're going to line up. God is up to something. God is up to I share, I share last, um, last time I will hear about the surgery and the birth of my daughter. And in that surgery, it was so crazy because what happened that is our insurance didn't cover all the things that we receive in that particular area. And one of the things that happened was just miracle after miracle. But the miracle that I just shared last time is we went for my daughter's surgery. She was born with cleft lip. And so we went uh, for my daughter's surgery and the doctor, the second doctor, the trainee, the intern, what they call an intern, came to us and said, oh, what's your name? He's writing all this stuff. Great. Here's what he says. Are you guys friends of Dr. So-and-so? And we said, no, we don't know that guy. And he said, what? How come he's doing the surgery for you? We said, I don't know. Here's what he says. You guys should be very lucky. He doesn't take patients. 
I said, well, <laughs> praise God, he doesn't take patients. Then he's about to operate on my daughter, chief of oral surgery in Loma Linda. Decided to do the surgery himself, chief of maxillofacial at the time. And so I thought to myself, you know what? God saw our need above the norm. That guy was not supposed to be there that day and take her surgery. Yet he was that day, and he said yes when he normally says no to everything. God is on your side. And that day we felt the sight of God being on us and helping us in that situation. Can you praise the Lord tonight? <clears throat> so important. So Jesus tells them, hey, since you guys are going to talk about law, let me tell you what the law says. And lays out two examples of the law. And then, look at this, look at this. Verse 7, verse 7, Matthew 12 says, But if you had known what it means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I mean, right now, Jesus is dropping the mic on this guy. If you have known what it says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would, have, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Jesus said, if you knew what mercy is, you would not see a person in need and ignore the need and apply the law in their face. Whoo. And I don't know who I'm speaking to, either at home or here, but you're in a situation where you say, Pastor, everything is stacked against me. I want you to know that the Lord sees that need. And all you have to do is go to your Father and let Him push you above what all the things are stacked against you in this very moment. All the things that are saying, hey, this is not supposed to happen. The boss says, the law says, that this said, you say, but my Jesus says, I'm going to go through this situation this very hour. But my Jesus says. And, and, and I, we have to do that in order to maintain a connection with a true God operating in our lives. This is so powerful. Verse number 8 right there says, For the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. I mean, Jesus is just slashing these guys around left and right. I, I read this thing with an idea of how it would happen, and I just, I just chuckle because Jesus is saying, Hey, listen, guys, you guys are throwing law. I am the one who's going to fulfill the law completely. He says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I am in charge of absolutely everything this very moment. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's on me, in other words. It's on me. I was watching this um, Christian television channel, and a famous pastor, a famous uh, preacher evangelist named Jesse DePlantis came on, and he's sharing a testimony that so he's hilarious. He's just, he's out there, right? But he's an amazing, God used him, and just how he is, God used him greatly. And so he was sharing a testimony when they built the church that they have in Louisiana, I believe, and so he said that the engineer came to him and said, hey, Pastor Jesse, we need a certain amount of concrete and pillars in order to get this building that they have, this massive building they have, and it's going to co cost X, Y, Z, a ton of money, right? So he's like, uh, and Jesse says, well, it's, it's for the Lord. I want the best person in the area to do it. And, and the engineer says, well, that guy's not going to do that. I mean, he's super busy, and it's just astronomical, the amount. Give him the number, and says, that's not going to happen. We just, it doesn't matter, bring the guy over to give us a bid and look at the job. The guy comes over, the concrete guy, looks at it, is acting, and finally the conversation is over, gives him the number, tell him, hey man, this is going to cost you X, I'm the best, I'm this and that, you know, the guy's not a Christian. And finally the guy says, you know what, I've been meaning to tell you, but I, I'm not a Christian or anything, I don't watch, but my wife watches your show all the time. I don't understand what that woman's again, but she's always watching your show, and so... I don't know why I feel to do this. Let's do this. I'll do the concrete. 
you pay the guys, and we'll just leave it at that. And a job that was going to cost millions, I think they did it for less than $100,000 to build and pour the concrete that they needed to do. I was like, this is crazy. I mean, this stuff happens. And so when I saw that testimony, I was encouraged. I said, Lord, if you can do it for him, you can do it for me. See, what we tend to do is we say, oh, they're doing something so special that I am left outside of some kind of special circle. And Jesus was saying, no, 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 you don't understand. You're part of this process. I see you above the norm. I see your need. I see where you're at. As a matter of fact, a famous Proverbs uh, 16 says this. It says this. When people's lives, in the New Living Translation, please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. When people's life please, when you please the Lord, even your enemies are going to be okay with you. And you got to know that. You got to give it to God. You got to not go out there and try it. No, 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 no. Let the Lord defend you. Let the Lord open the door. Let the Lord bless you and everything he's doing in your life. Are you with me tonight? Here's the second thing I want you to know, that he heals you even when it's not convenient. That he heals you even when it's not convenient. What do you mean, pastor? You know what? Jesus is not looking for convenience. He's looking to show justice and mercy. And, that, and that's what we saw in what he just did. He said, I want to show justice and mercy, not just convenience. And I think a lot of times we feel it has to be convenient when things happen to me and the way they lined up. And Jesus said, it doesn't matter when it happens. As long as it happened, I'm doing something. I'm working in your life. And in Matthew 12, so let's stay there, Jesus continues on. So he tells them the stuff, and they go back and forth in some Jewish law, and look what happens in verse 11. Jesus moves on from the field, and they go into the church, the synagogue. They go in. So this is Sabbath. Everybody's supposed to be in church. So Jesus was on his way to the church service when he ran into the Pharisees. And now they went from the outside, from the parking lot of the church. They go inside of the church. That's the picture you got to get in your mind. Verse 11. Then he said to them, what man is there among you? So he's pointing here in service saying, what's there is there among you that has one sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath? will not lay a hold of it and lift it out. Here's what Jesus is saying. Hey, guys, on the Sabbath, when something is yours and one of your sheep falls into a hole, you don't go, too bad, I'll pick it up tomorrow. You run to that. You know why? Because that sheep gives you meat, that sheep gives you provision, that sheep is part of your income, and all of a sudden it becomes important. He's getting somewhere. He's getting somewhere. Look what happens. Verse 12. Oh, how much more value than is a man than a sheep. Jesus is saying, if you're helping a little animal, you are more valuable than an animal. Far more. Far more. But sometimes we don't understand our own value in the eyes of God. And then he goes, and then he goes, look at this. Therefore, it is lawful to the good on the Sabbath. Here's what Jesus is saying. There's no convenient time to do good. Just do good. Just do good. Don't save good for tomorrow. Don't save good for later. Don't save good for next week. Just do good. Just be out there and be ready. And God is on your side because he's going to heal you and do something incredible even when it's not convenient. Check this out, verse 13. Then he said to the man, there was a man that was sick and had a withered hand. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And when he did, it was restored, it was restored whole and new like the other hand. Now, 
We read these verses nowadays, 20, about 2,000 plus years later, and we're like, oh, that's so awesome. This is a freak out moment, people. The church just went nuts right now. Like, like, first of all, they're not used to seeing healing, and now they see a healing in Jesus helping somebody on the Sabbath when everybody's supposed to be behaving nice and neat in the Sabbath service. And Jesus just threw a wrench in the process. I mean, this place is going bananas right now. Everybody's like, what is happening right now? Here's what Jesus is saying. Guys, people's needs are far more important than my convenience, are far more important than my position. Jesus was absolutely making the Pharisees his enemy even more. They, they already were. At this point, they hate each other. They can't see each other. And Jesus is saying, it doesn't matter what you think. It matters what is right before the eyes of the Lord. And I'm for you. God is for the downtrodden. God is for the one that needs help. God is for the helpless. He's on your side when you don't find a way for your, or a solution for your problem. But you got to believe that he's on your side. And that man said, you know what? I'm going to believe him. I want my other hand to look like this hand. So I'm going to take the step of faith, even if it's not convenient. You want to see some healings that weren't convenient? The woman with the issue of blood, that was inconvenient. Jairus' daughter, that was inconvenient. The ten lepers, that was profoundly inconvenient. The servant of the centurion, that was tremendously inconvenient. You name it, almost every healing that Jesus did happened at an inconvenient time, but he still did it because people matter and he loves you above absolutely everything. He heals you. And I feel the Lord, can we pray for healing right now? Just make a pause in this process. And one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 103. And in Psalm 103, he says this, and I'm going to read it, and then we'll, we'll pray together. In the New Living Translation, he said, Let all that I am praise the Lord. And we began saying that, praise Jesus. May I never forget the good things he does for me, and sometimes we forget. Sometimes we're so troubled, frustrated, so burdened down that we forget he's done something good for us. I, want, I don't want to forget, Lord. Verse 3, he forgives all my sins, and he heals all my diseases, and he redeems me from death, and crowns me with love and tender mercies. I don't know who's sick tonight. I don't know who's sick at home, but God wants to touch you tonight. Can we pray together? Just close your eyes right there. Close your eyes. Close your eyes right at home. I'm not the healer. We're going to Jesus. We're going to Jesus, and we're just going to believe for a total transformation. Father God, we just read your word, and you heal people, and I believe you're still healing today, 2,000 years later. Your spirit is still active. And so right now, we speak to every spirit of infirmity to be cast out by the power of the name of Jesus. And we speak to every infirmity to let loose the bodies of those who are your servants, your faithful servants right now. Let them be healed by the power of the name of Jesus. I come against every arthritis, every person suffering from arthritis right now. Be healed by the power of the name of Jesus. I speak against migraine, migraines right now. Be healed by the power of the name of Jesus. Just believe God is healing somebody from migraine this very moment. And just remember his goodness right now. Father God, I just pray for somebody who has bitter taste in their mouth. Everything they eat tastes bitter. God is healing and re returning right now for life to be good and tasteful this very moment. We just put these in your hands and the many more you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Would you give God a hand? Can we praise him? That's what Psalm 103. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'll end with this. I'll end with this. And if God heal you or does something, just let us know. Send your testimony in. Remember, he's the healer. I'm just being obedient to what he's asking me to do. Number three, third statement that Jesus did in Matthew 12 that was so profound. 
third statement and last one for tonight is this. He will sustain you in uncertain times. He will sustain you in uncertain times. And I think we need that today. That what Jesus was trying to communicate by doing this on the Sabbath is that even though this day was special and it was the Lord, and remember, he is the Son of God, he's God incarnate, he's letting people know that the Lord sees people even above his own system in many ways because he loves people. He sent his only son to die on a cross because he absolutely loves you and wants the best for you because he's for you. And a lot of times, sometimes in Christian, we have forgotten the idea that he's actually for me because we've been so against ourselves in many things. We see the brokenness. We see all this situation, but the Lord is for us. And in this time of COVID, in this time of financial pressure, political nonsense, all this stuff, we think, you know what? People are at a breaking point. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen it where people are getting upset about the dumbest thing. Have you seen that? I don't know if you haven't seen it, man. It is everywhere. Like, like things that we will overlook, people are ready to go to blows for the, for the littlest thing. You go to the store, you go to this, and I want you to know that God is on your side. And if you feel that level of pressure, he wants to sustain you and let you know he's going to sustain you in uncertain times because God is doing something. And this is a church of faith. When we came, my wife always tells me, God brought us here for a reason. We needed to learn that lesson of faith in our lives. And we've always repeat that to ourselves because faith is a sustainer in times of uncertainty, my friend. Precious faith, just like Pastor Joseph said, precious faith. We have to hold on to what God is doing. Even when we ourselves sometimes don't see it, he's up to something. He's working on something. He's working on somebody. God is always at work and is so amazing. And Matthew, he goes on after he heals this man. Look what he says. And then Jesus says, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which he was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, ha ha, saying, behold my servant who I have chosen. My beloved in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. Verse 19, he will not quarrel, not cry, so he's not up to picking a fight with for nonsense, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench, till he sends forth justice to victory. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, what was spoken many years ago, today happens. That there's broken people, but I'm not the one breaking you. That there's situations where maybe in your own life, what was once a flame of the life of Christ, now is just down to a little bit of smoke. From time to time, you might see a flickering in your own soul. Jesus saying, I'm not going to put it out. I want to help you fan the flame so that once again, you're flying high in the things of Christ. This is who he is, my friend. He will sustain you when things look unclear. He will sustain you when things are kind of shaky ground, just like a lot of people feel. There's a lot of fear on one way. If this guy wins, then this is going to happen. If this guy wins, this is going to happen. No matter who wins, we said to ourselves, we will give Christ to be the king of our lives and the king of kings and the Lord of lords, no matter who wins no matter who wins and unless we get that into our lives where jesus says i am the servant of god and i've come to bring justice and i've come to heal and i've come to restore and i come to sustain so if you if you got to know something know this that jesus is on your side and he is for you he wants to help the bruise that is in your life right now and he wants to heal it he's not going to push you over the precipice He's going to be the bridge on the other side to take you to where you have to go in this very situation in your life. Here's how Jesus began chapter 12 with the phrase in chapter 11. 
And I'll end with this. Matthew 11, 28, 29. These are the words he says before entering into chapter 12. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I don't know where you find yourself tonight, but can we pray together right where you're at? Can we pray together? Just start asking the Lord, Lord, I am burdened with many things. Father, my soul is absolutely frustrated. Lord, I see where the country's heading. I see where my children are at. Lord, I'm looking at my economy and my home and it's stressing me out. Father, there are things that are just burdening me this hour. I want to know that you are for me. Just tell him, God, if you're for me, show yourself. Show yourself. Let him speak to you this very hour because he is for you. Once again, I'll read the verse. Just keep praying to the Lord. It says, come to me, so you're going to your Father. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Maybe it's a business that you're trying to do and it's just absolutely frustrating the heck out of you. The Lord is saying, give it to me. Let me figure it out with you. Maybe it's a child in your family and you just can't get the child to act right. <laughs> give it to the Lord and say, God, help me with my children today. Help me in this process. Maybe it's just sickness like we pray. You just burden your body's not working the way you want it to or the way the Lord wants it to. Right now, just ask him, Father God, heal me. Lord, we lift all of our burdens to you this very evening and we declare just what you declare, that you are for us, Father. And that even when it's not convenient, even when the norms are saying, hey, you're not supposed to do that, even when things don't look right, you said one thing that you will not destroy a bruised person. You will not push us over the edge. But on the contrary, you want us to come to you because you are for us. And tonight, every person, hear my words, Lord, may you lift them up. May they run to you in order to get everything you have for them, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. If God spoke to you tonight, give him a hand because he deserves it. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.